0: Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming,
1: my Donkey. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming.
2: I'm Dubs Weinblatt, my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited and honored to be here with you all tonight to celebrate five seasons of the Thank You For Coming Out podcast. So forgive me for reading instead of winging it, but this is too important. Oh, no. It asked if I wanted to join a hotspot, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that was funny, but thank you for laughing. Um, I'm going to be reading this because this is too important for me to improvise, and I don't have the bandwidth to memorize anything. Anyway, so I spent a lot of yesterday and today trying to figure out what I wanted to say tonight, and honestly, there are no words to sufficiently convey all that I'm holding. This past week has been challenging, to say the very least. My heart breaks for the innocent Israeli and Palestinian lives we lost in needless violence. My heart breaks for all of the missed opportunities of connection and humanity, And this pain only builds on the pain of being a queer and trans person living in the United States where there are literally hundreds of bills whose mission it is to take away our autonomy, our humanity, our dignity, and our freedom. I can't help but see a common thread between what's happening in Israel and Palestine and what's happening here in the States. Dehumanization. I don't have any answers. I wish that I did, but I don't. But what I do know are these two things. No matter the task, always lead with love, and we must never stop sharing our stories. Our stories, which show our humanity, are the keys to building bridges that will change the world. Jonathan Larson wrote in Rent, the opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. I know firsthand the power of creating spaces of joy and connection and community. I started Thank You For Coming Out, the improv show in 2015, as a way to create the community I desperately needed. And eight years later, it is still just that, a place where the LGBTQIA plus community and our allies can gather and just be, which is why I'm so grateful we can be here together tonight. I've been reflecting on the past five seasons of the podcast, and I am in awe of the raw vulnerability my guests have shared with me throughout the years. The pain, the joy, the excitement, the euphoria, the heartbreak, all of it. There is no greater gift than getting to bear witness and hold space for folks' stories and experiences and all the emotions that come with it. Each interview and connection changes me for the better, and I've had the honor to interview over 100 people, and while each story is distinct, there are common threads throughout each one. The desire to be loved for who we are, not who society expects us to be. The pain when our people don't love us or show us the respect we deserve and the absolute joy and euphoria we feel when we get to be our whole selves. Tonight is a celebration of our stories and features past, present, and future podcast guests, and I'm so excited for what's in store. Collective breath, everybody. That felt nice. Coming up a little later, we're going to hear from Kate Barnhart, founder and executive director of New Alternatives, who was also a previous podcast guest. The show is a celebration of New Alternatives' 15 years of service to the LGBTQ community. (laughs) And if you haven't yet, buy some raffle tickets. That money goes directly to New Alternatives. We have a special performance from my first and second ever podcast guests, accompanied Lauren Patton and Jeffrey (laughs) Kidwell. Sorry, (laughs) I just assumed everyone knew. Uh, Accompanied by my punny pal and business associate, Andre Catrini, and of course, my interview with the one and only Eva Rain. But first, I want to introduce you to my pal, Carmen Boo Laboo, previous podcast guest and dear friend of mine. Boo is one of those incredible people who truly lives their values, and it is such an honor to get to be their friend. They are always first to volunteer to help with anything I produce, and it does not go unnoticed. And then I have a heart emoji. <laughs> Boo is hosting our raffle this evening, which is meant to again raise money for New Alternatives. Tickets again are 1 for $5 or 5 for 20. That means you get a free ticket if you spend $20. So just in case you didn't hear earlier, the gifts are we have one not one but two opportunities for you to win a happy hour at Shake Shack for 8 people. That's amazing, right? <laughs> Give it up for Shake Shack everybody. We have a $250 gift card. Oh, each one of those is worth $250. And we have a $250 gift card to Broadway.com from SiriusXM Media. We have uh, one certificate to take a free class here at Brooklyn Comedy Collective. Um, we have a signed copy of Dry Humping paired with an hour of writing coaching from author and previous podcast guest, Tani Lada. Tani's here. <laughs> An signed copy of Beautiful Monster of Becoming by Miles Barrero, future podcast guest, who is also here tonight. Plus, homage shirts, which if you know me, you know I love homage and their t-shirts. We have, they uh, donated four different pride shirts, plus a lot of other cool stuff. So throughout the evening, buy tickets, but until, I don't know what until, but okay, everyone put your hands together for Boo.
0: I love this human so much. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to do a little trivia. Who feels good at this? (laughs) You raised your hand. I saw through the corner of my eye. So let me get out one of my little fancy note cards. You do win a prize if, if you get it, okay? You have a partner? Okay. Which... No, you know what? This is a good one to start with. Which of the following are useful resources for the LGBTQIA community? A, Lambda Legal. B, The Trevor Project. C, Sylvia Rivera Law Project. D, New Alternatives. Or E, all of the above. (laughs) Yay! And guess what? You win a raffle ticket. And some crystals. Oh, Here you go. You so yes. much. All right. Do I have one more volunteer? You. You're funny. No. You. Yes. Yes. I know you're funny. Okay. This is a fun one. Who is Chriselle Strauss's spouse? on Netflix's Selling Sunset oh no, is really it's really hard oh A. Fletcher <laughs> B. Justin Hartley C. Jenna Lyons or D. G-Flip <laughs> What's your answer? D. Very good <laughs>
2: Thank you. Okay. More opportunities later. Also, this QR code uh, takes you directly to our fundraising page for new alternatives. So what you do is you open up your camera, and you push a little yellow thing, and then it takes you to the website. Got it? Okay. I am so excited and honored to have the opportunity to interview our guest here tonight. Did I? Oh, okay. It's down there. Eva Rain is a Brooklyn-based actress, writer, and artist from St. Louis, Missouri. Known for her work as a correspondent on the Vice show Transnational, Eva won a Peabody Award and a Glad Media Award for her work on the show. <laughs> Eva made her, fe- uh, her feature film debut as the star of Billy Porter's film, Anything's Possible, from MGM's Orion Pictures. It is currently available on Amazon Prime. The film won the 2023 GLAAD Award for Outstanding Film Streaming or TV. Up next, Eva will be seen in a supporting role in the Amazon V series Clean Slate. The series is executive produced by Laverne Cox. She previously worked at the Condé Nast LGBTQ platform, Them, as assistant editor before going on to launch her own column at the platform In Bloom, the life column with Eva Rain. This column focused on the beauty and strength of the black trans community. Her other writing has appeared in Vogue, The Cut, Birdie, I hope I said that right, Paper, and High Snobbity. Eva, welcome. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm here. Yeah. You are here. Yeah. You yeah. had traffic? Traffic um yeah, it's been a very, very long day um I was waiting for a long time for my hair dresser to finish doing all all, all of this um yeah, yeah- sh- uh, I was there at ten a m she was there at three p m so oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um it was yeah, yeah, I'm speechless, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's our show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but thank you know, you, that's just life as a black girl, you know, you spend all day getting your hair done, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here, and your hair looks great. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: So, we all
2: have multiple coming out stories, and multiple coming into ourselves stories, and I invite you to share one of those with us tonight.
1: Ooh, yeah, I have so many coming out stories, and coming into myself stories um oh gosh uh, just like anything anything whatever is on your heart right now um well recently I've well I don't know I guess I like came out as like bi or pansexual or queer like a while ago but nobody really believed me until recently when I started dating a woman um she's right back there Woo uh, <laughs> Um. Yeah. So I feel like I've recently been coming out as queer, but I'm like I I kind of been told y'all, but everyone's just now (laughs) starting to really take that as like a valid thing. Um. But yeah, like doing that on top of like being a trans woman who's also black, who's from like the mid south region of the states. Um. I don't know. It can be a little complicated when it comes to talking about being queer. Um, When I came out as trans for the first time, um, well, really, I feel like I came out, like, multiple times growing up, you know? Like, I feel like almost every trans person has that, you know? Like, when you're, like, a little, little kid and everyone's like, you're a boy, and you're like, no, I'm not, (laughs) Uh, you know? Um... And, yeah, so I feel like I came out as myself multiple times. Um, But the, like, older I got, the more I started to realize um, how I wasn't able to fully talk about all of who I am and, like, every space that I enter. Um, So, like, you know, when I was, like, 14... I came out to my school as gay, um, but I also kind of came out to, like, some, like, close friends, be like, hey, I actually am pretty sure I'm a girl, and they were like, yeah, you can't do that here. Um, you know, we were in a suburb of the city in um, southern, and southern, uh, southern, southern southern Illinois um, and it's definitely like a red county and just not the place for anyone who's quote unquote different, you know? Um, And yeah, like, you know, really up until I moved to New York and even like a bit after I received like a lot of threats um, for being queer, for being trans um, and that kind of like stifled my coming out process. Um, So yeah, like coming out is something that I have been thinking a lot about lately. Um, You know, like I'm a uh, newly minted resident of what I call Sapphic City and I love it. (laughs) Um, And um, like it's, you know, it's like, it's like interesting because I'm like, wow, like I came out when I was like four. I came out when I was like 14. I came out when I was in my twenties, um well early twenties, I'm still in my twenties. Um and um yeah, it's interesting how you have to constantly come out to, to, to young people. So, you know, like when you asked me to do this um interview, I was like, this came right on time, you know, like you literally met me when I was on a date with my girlfriend and I was like, Yeah, totally. You know, this is like the this is like the perfect time. I hadn't I hadn't even told my mom at that point that I was dating a um woman. Um and it was it was it was it, it was interesting. Um she she called me one day and uh she heard my partner's voice and was like, "Oh, wait, are you with someone right now?" because it was kind of early and she was like, "Oh, my daughter's getting busy, uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, um, I am." And I almost said it in that moment. I think maybe like a week or so later, I was like, "Yeah." Um, so I'm dating someone, and I said, and you know, I like said her name, which I guess is kind of like gen- is like gender neutral. And my um, mom was like, "Oh, so, uh, okay." Um, you know, like, can you talk about who this person is? And I just kind of like listed her job and all this stuff. And my um, and my mom was like, Okay, so like he, they, and I was like, she. And she was like, Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. And um I know she's taken it better than I thought that sh- she would. Um I, I hope she um I don't know, I hope she isn't just putting on a happy face. I hope she's uh doing all right with the news you know i come from a baptist family so it's been a um journey um but you know i'm i'm happy you know we're we're here we're queer yeah yeah um i'm gonna stop i'm yeah i'll like stop rambling now um didn't sound like rambling to me no, it didn't. no. okay good thank you for sharing
2: <laughs> Um just I, I'm I'm hanging on to this really quick. Can you define you said Sapphic city and we had some people cheering, but can you define what that means so the rest of the folks maybe know what, what you talk where you're talking about? You
1: know, Sapphic is such an open-ended term. Um it typically is around lesbian experiences, but in like recent years those definitions I think have like opened up more. Um So, yeah, typically when someone says sapphic, they're usually talking about lesbianism. If I'm wrong, someone clock me on that. Am I right? Okay, okay, cool. Cool. Um. Great. Yeah.
2: So, wait. So, how long ago was it that you um, came out to your mom about having a girlfriend recently?
1: I I don't know. Like, three weeks ago or something? Um, Yeah, we're... We are recently... Out we're in of, it right now. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're fully in it. Um, Christmas is going to be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's just it's so interesting because we do, as queer people, we do... You know, the first season or two of the podcast, I would always just ask, what's your coming out story? And then through interviews, I realized that the actual question should be what it is now, which is we have so many coming out stories and coming into ourselves stories. And so, I want to kind of dig back to what you were saying earlier about when you were younger and people would tell you you were a gender that you knew you weren't. Like, what did that? How did that land for you? And what did that feel like? And how did you kind of reconcile that?
1: Ooh, we're having a therapy session right now. All right, Uh, how did I reconcile with that? Um, mm, I. I think I always rejected it, but more so, like, quietly, you know? Um, how it landed with me was for, uh, you know, for, like, a long time, I was, like, I feel like God made a mistake, um, you know? And I was, like, you know, I would I would have dreams of, like, being, like, my proper gender and, like, all this stuff. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting like there were times where um I would be hanging out with like a bunch of my friends, let's say I'm like in like middle school. Um and maybe we're being loud in like the like hallways or something, right? The principal would walk out and be like, "Girls, please quiet down." Oh, well, girls and you. And it was those and like it was kind of one of those things where like it happened constantly that it solely it solely became, like, a joke, right? And, you know, everyone would just kind of, like, laugh at it. But me, I was like, no, I think you had it right the first time, you know? Like, you can group me in with everyone else. Um, and, yeah, I felt that way for a long, long time. Um, uh, but, yeah, I was constantly... I guess, like, being chastised over my gendered expression and, like, all these things. Um, you know, even when I... Yeah, like, even when I would try to tell people that I was, like, a little gay boy, um, other gay guys would look at me and they'd be like, no, you're a woman. Like, you're not, <laughs> you know, like, you're not one of us. Like, it's, it's, it's giving women. And I'm like yeah you're right it is uh you know like once I got to be like a little- like just like a little bit older and i wasn't um you know i wasn't in like the same um like area that was when I started to feel just like a bit just like a bit more freedom you know i was still in like missouri um so i didn't i didn't feel safe um but I kind of reached a point where I was like, well, there's really I call it like I call it like sort of like a like a false veil of of um safety, right? Like people say, if you embrace every like every part of who you are, that people will have a big problem with it. Well, the thing is, like I'm having a problem with not embracing all of that, right? like that is not making me feel safe within my 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 own skin and i think a lot of you know i think a lot of people a lot of queer people a lot of trans people a lot of trans women a lot of black trans women we all kind of reach a point where we're like i don't really care what anyone else has to say at this point i want to look in the mirror and i want to be happy with me It doesn't matter what anyone else says, you know. Um, And that was what I spent, like, so, so many years just kind of, like, working up to, just working up to that strength of being, like, I don't care anymore. Um, And, yeah, it definitely made me feel unsafe in other ways. Um, But I never had any you know i never felt like i made a mistake or anything like that um i was just like you know the rest of the world is is definitely just trying to catch up you know um things are hard right now but things were so much harder for people like 40 years ago you know like i have no clue what that's like i'm very i'm 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 very very blessed to be in my 20s living in New York now. um, Yeah. Uh, But yeah, when people would try to tell me that I wasn't who I knew I was, um, I just could never fully take that in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about what you were, what you, well, too, I'm thinking about everything you just said, but specifically um, this idea of, you know, am I a mistake? I thought about that a lot like towards the beginning of coming into who I am as a trans person and had a really hard time reconciling like if I'm made I'm I'm Jewish and there's this idea called B'Tselem Elohim like in the in the image of the divine and I would always think to myself like if I am B'Tselem Elohim why do I feel like I have to change who I am change parts of my body to be who I am and it took a lot of Introspection and and kind of exploration around uh, you know f- trying to figure out and and to to come to the conclusion that that the whole my whole journey is what is in god 's image right or in the divine 's image like I can handle it, so i 'm the one who 's doing it i don 't know does that make sense like you know and so but I feel like there are so many people out there who do feel like they 're a mistake and Um, which kind of ties into what you were saying now about how it's so much easier now to be a trans person in our country, you know, comparing to, you know, decades ago. And it's so much harder, too, because of all, it's like the the visibility without the safety. Like we, you know, there's so many more conversations around trans identity and there's more representation, um, which we'll get to your movie in a minute, um, but without the safety and without our s- systems supporting us, it puts us in a really dangerous situation, and it, it's something that it's on my mind
1: all the time. Totally, totally, yeah, um, yeah. Like there was something, like there, there was a trans woman I saw post something on Twitter like six years ago. She just said, um, you know people are starting to like clock the girls now more than ever because people are like just like more aware and she was like you know it it just it just it just wasn't like this when i was a lot younger and she was talking about how um yeah like we are so visible and pe- people are talking about us more more and more, um you know, and this was prior to all of the like anti trans bills, right um, which yeah, like and like that's something that I think is um, like very interesting, um just how like you know this group of people we've literally been here for for like ages now, and yeah, back in like the like sixties and stuff, there were laws about. How you should dress based off of your assigned um gender at um, birth, right, but all of that kind of started to fade away, and nobody was paying as much attention to trans people, like yeah, we were always the like we were always the like the, the like butt of jokes, but um we weren't being talked about nearly nearly as much as we all are and are now um it's, it's like, strange to live in this era with so much, like, pushback when the only thing trans folks have ever asked for is to, like, be able to use the bathroom and to not get killed. You know? Like, that's literally it. And, you know, like, I don't know how we have all these bills now about – I mean, one – they're like saying that, "Oh, it's just like the um kids we don't want kids to be on hormones or da 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 that's b s um because kids i mean kids know who like kids are very aware of who they are, and there is so much in place um before a minor is able to do anything like that, and also these like bills um they might say it's just about the kids. Next thing you know, they're saying you can't do anything until you're 18 or till, or till, till like you're, like, 21 or 26 even, right? Um, and they also slip in all this other stuff about um, uh, the rights of anyone um, who is, like, pregnant. Um, you know, like, there's just, there's, like, there's a, there's just a, there's a strange um there's a strange plot that's being worked up right um and i don't know how such a small group of people that make up like less than 1% of the country are now one of the most hot button topics you know um but also that also makes us the the like you know, the, um, easiest target because most of us are just trying to live our lives. We're not people who, um, you know, like most of us are not, um, people who have, uh, the um, tools to constantly like advocate on a like major stage, um, because most people in general don't have those, those um tools, even people in the spotlight. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, just rambling, but yeah.
2: No, again, not rambling. You're making a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we are uh, the topic of conversation a lot of the time, um, all based on disinformation. Um, and it's painful to be part of, you know, bearing witness to those conversations. Um, so I think a lot of times, too, um, those conversations do, f- they focus on kind of like the trauma of what it is to be trans and all of like the um, the negative aspects of it. And so I, wanted, I want us to like kind of switch gears and, t- and focus on joy, like focus on what it is to be j- trans and joyful. And um, I want to talk about the movie that you were in, Anything's Possible, which was um, Billy Porter's directorial debut, A Coming-of-Age Story. Um, Tell tell us about the movie, and I, I read some interviews with you, um, and you said that even though it's called Anything's Possible, it didn't feel real. Yeah. Being being cast in this movie, so can you talk to us about this movie and that feeling?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Anything's Possible is a uh, teen rom. It's a teen rom. Uh, teen rom com. Sorry, I'm like going back to my. Press tour scripts. Uh, yeah, I'm like, let me get back into the mode. Um, yeah, and it is a story about joy. It follows Kelsa, played by me. Um, Kelsa is a black is a black trans girl about to graduate high school. Um, she loves animals. She makes videos on YouTube. Um, she loves fashion, and she meets she uh, meets this guy. Uh, named Call, who is a um, young Muslim man, um, who's also in the same grade as her. They meet in um, they meet in their uh, painting class, and um, oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Ooh, talking a lot. Um, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Kelsa means brave. Just so everybody
1: knows, Kelsa means brave. Felt important. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is. um, Yeah, that is one of the um, one of the plot points of the film. I'm pretty sure Kelsa's it's an Irish or a Celtic name. I could be wrong. Um, Yeah, no one Google that in case I'm wrong. I I I don't want to (laughs) know. But, um, yeah, uh, Kelsa, um, yeah, like, she is a, you know, she's a very happy girl. You know, this isn't a story that talks about, like, trauma and all these things. Sure, there's drama in it, but I wouldn't say that there's trauma. And, um, yeah, she meets Call. Um, they both start to have crushes on on each other, and, you know, them dating kind of causes a ruckus at their school, right? Because everyone's like, oh, like, you know, calls dating a trans girl. Does that make him gay? Like, what does that mean? Um, And yeah, it was a re- it was a really really fun film to to um shoot. We shot in Billy's in Billy's hometown of Pittsburgh. If anyone's ever been to Pittsburgh. Yeah? Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Uh Pittsburgh is is really really cute. Um, sadly, I didn't get to see much of it because this was like freshly after we were all even just like starting to get um uh v- vaccinated. Um so literally like everything would like be closed by like 4. I wouldn't leave set to like 9. I just ate a lot of wings every night. Um <laughs> yeah, um and then you know, I had to be up by like 3 to go back to uh set. Um but yeah, that was my first film ever. Um I had done a like a like web show before. I did a couple of like um, like, indie things. Um, but with, like, all of that, I was only on set for maybe, like, a day versus being, like, the star and something from, like, MGM and Amazon. I was like, wait a minute, how'd I get here? <laughs> you know? I was like, damn, this is, this is really wild. Um, it was awesome, um, but it all happened really fast. Like, I literally, I mean, I spent months... And callbacks like we started to audition in like January. I got cast um, the day yeah, it was like the day after Pride in June, and I had to fly out the, like literally that like next day. So I was like, "Oh, I got it!" And like, "Yeah, we want you to come out like right now." And I See was you tomorrow. like, "Huh?" I just say, like, "See you tomorrow." No, literally, I was like, what "The fuck!" Like <laughs> I was like, "How am I gonna do this?" Um. So, yeah, it was just such, it was such a rush. Um, but I had a lot of fun. I learned so much, you know, like acting is something I've wanted to do um, really like my, like my like whole life. Um, I had a lot of like speech problems growing up and acting is how I started to like overcome all of that. I had a horrible stutter. Um, I still stutter at times, but I just have like, tricks for it now. Um and yeah, it was just I don't know, it, it happened really fast. Like we shot that in twenty five days. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about this, but how long is it? Is twenty five is quick? That's very quick. Usually you have like a few months to film Ooh. a feature film. Oh that
2: that checks out. Yeah, yeah. Well. We have twenty five days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, that is very quick then. Yeah.
2: Um, if you all haven't watched it, highly recommend. It's uh, a really incredible movie. Um, I pulled I pulled a line from it that I wanted to talk about because you also kind of mentioned it earlier, um, which is the existential despair of not being known or being known and being rejected. Yeah. That's deep.
1: It's just deep. It's yeah, deep. no, Kels is <laughs> a deep-ass bitch, you know? Like... <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, I was, like, reading her, like, a monologue, so I was like, you're 17? Damn. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in that, Kelsa was talking about going to college and whether or not she wanted to be stealth, and for anyone who doesn't know, stealth is when a trans trans person um, doesn't talk about being trans. They just say you know, okay, for instance, I'm a trans woman. If I was stealth, I would tell everyone that I was a cis woman, right? So, Kelsa was wondering, should I go to college and have, like, more of the same struggles and strife that I'm I'm having now, or should I just kind of be quiet about it, right? And that is something that a lot of trans people do think about, you know? Um... Uh when I was coming out, a lot of people told me that I should be stealth. I was told that multiple times. Um I had a family who said that, like, yeah, we just won't tell anybody. And I was like, um no, I don't think that's what I wanna do. There was there was a point in time where I where I thought about it. So, you know, obviously when I was playing that scene, I I could easily relate to what she was talking about. Um And, you know, Billy and I would have a lot of talks about what this, like, script meant, what every monologue meant, um, things to keep, things to cut, you know. Um, uh, There was, yeah, like, filming this film, it wasn't just me acting. It also was me um, really having to dig into myself in other ways beyond what the typical actor goes through, I think, Um, really just having to think about, um, you know, what are things that are going to effectively tell this story? What are things that other trans folks can um, feel uh, resonance with? Um, And yeah, I think that also kind of made the process just like a little bit more stressful because i was like oh my god this is my first movie and we're also kind of like educating the world you know um but you can only do so much uh with any piece of art like no one will walk away from any piece of content knowing everything about trans people um so yeah that so yeah like that line um that was something that i really was um sitting with when I was reading the script because uh, I think that I think that line was even in like the very first draft mm. that I read I want to say um, yeah the script changed a lot throughout the filming process um, but yeah uh yeah did I answer your question? yeah okay, cool. thank you.
2: You sure did. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, time flies, and i have to I have to bring us into our lightning round of questions already um but thank you so much for sharing what you've shared so far. so this lightning round is meant to be for fun, okay, cool, um, so just
1: answer as quickly as you can. You can also pass. I'll try. Yeah. You know, I have four. Like, I have four planets in um, Gemini, so <laughs> you know. I'm sure you all know that I'm a bitch who can't shut up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll try. I'll okay. Try.
2: What's the name of your superhero alter ego?
1: I'm such a comic fan. I should know this. Um, my superhero al- alter ego mm-hmm. it
2: doesn't have to be something that already exists. It can be whatever. I've never even thought about that. That's the point
1: of this game. I know, but like, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, oh my god! No, literally, like, I have like a thousand comic books at my apartment. I've never thought about my own alter ego. Um, um. Okay. Well. Okay. Okay. I've always wanted to have like, um, like. Psychic powers, so anything just like with like the um, mind um, and yeah, I would love to be able to like pick up objects with like m- my um mind to so, like read minds to send messages through people's minds uh, you know even like uh, there's like that one character in guardians of the um galaxy, she can change how, how like everyone feels just, just just by touching them right. So I think my alter ego would be Essence. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay,
2: Essence. And remember, this is a lightning round. I know. I, so okay, as quickly as, I, I, as you can. I can't, I can't. Well, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Where is your favorite place to think? The park. Beautiful. Who is an influential queer person who has impacted your life?
1: Janet Mock.
2: What is a song that you can listen to on repeat forever?
1: Uh, lightning Round. Um, <laughs> a song I can listen to on reboot forever. Uh, ooh. Um, uh, I would say Summer Renaissance by Beyonce. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of states have proposed don't say gay bills. So how do you say That's gay. That's gay. <laughs>
2: So literal, I love it. Where do you find joy?
1: Um, I find joy in my friends and and my family.
2: I love that. Okay, bagels or donuts?
1: Donuts. Sorry, I know, I know. Y'all, okay, listen. I am not from New York. I don't know what's up with this like bagel craze y'all have. I'm sorry, but like bagels are really just like. <laughs> okay let me not <laughs> Eva Ray Rain- no I'm just kidding <laughs> okay let me just say if you ever okay if you ever go to St. Louis you want to go to uh, to Worlds to um, uh, World's Fair Donuts Southside it's amazing I promise you those donuts taste so much better than whatever the cops out here are munching on <laughs> in the subway yeah just saying
2: So the correct answer is bagels. but um, Lies. No, I'm just kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. Eva, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) All right. You're good. Um, Thanks, everybody. Um, Boo, you are up. We have one more round of trivia. If you haven't bought your raffle tickets yet, now's the time because in about, let's say, seven minutes, we're going to start calling the winners. You're good. You're good. Because Kate's after you. You good? Okay. <laughs> Boo, everybody!
0: I wasn't sure how to sell raffle tic- tickets at the same time as doing trivia. <laughs> so I had a little panic. Um, you look like you don't want to answer a trivia question. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who was you watch TV right? Do you watch movies? Okay, great. All right, it's okay if you don't get this right. You just don't get a prize. Um, Who was the first trans actor to win a Golden Globe? Was it A. Elliot Page? B. Kim Petras? C, Rain Valdez, or D, MJ Rodriguez. Don't help. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Page, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Okay, that's next time, next time. All right. Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Do you know the answer? I'm not sure. no, I don't. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, hands raised. Uh, D, That's right. I can't see you, but I have a prize for you. All right. Oh, yay. Hi. Uh, you have a leather jacket on? Yeah. Great. Are you ready? What was the first state in the United States to officially allow same-sex marriages. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Thank you. All right. Hi, Stripes. The Stonewall Uprising in New York City, led by Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, that's right, Occurred in June of what year? A nineteen fifty nine. B nineteen eighty nine C
2: nineteen sixty nine or D nineteen seventy nine. Very good. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Kate. Is a longtime AIDS activist and member of Act Up New York who has been arrested multiple times for acts of civil disobedience, protesting issues related to AIDS, healthcare, police brutality, immigration, and is part of the anti-Trump resistance. There are so many other incredible things about Kate here, but I want I'd rather just have Kate come and talk to you. So Kate Barnhart, everybody.
3: Right. Luckily, Dubs and I are about the same height, so I don't have to fuss around with the microphone. (laughs) Um, So welcome, everyone. this We're very glad you're able to be here. This year is pretty important to us. This is 15 years of serving homeless LGBT youth in New York City, which is pretty impressive considering that we started with literally nothing. We started with my dad's kitchen table, right? So, um, you know, and... Building a nonprofit is, it's a labor of love. You have to really, really commit. And the thing about it is, is that these young people are so worth committing to. And as we've gone through the years, we've grown, we've added services, we've added mental health services, we have our own psychiatric nurse practitioner, we have volunteers who cook dinner every Sunday and make birthday cakes for the clients. We have people who do tutoring and people who run book club and case management where people can walk in and have whatever problem they come with, we work on it. We don't tell people they can't come for services because they don't have their birth certificate or they don't have their state ID or any of that. We are a low barrier to entry program, which means show up as you are. You know, We'll call you whatever name you want us to call you even if it changes every couple weeks, um, <laughs> it's a little challenging as I've gotten older. But um, you know, and the other piece of it is we're a harm reduction based agency, which you know I draw on a long background of harm reduction from my days in ACT UP when we were doing needle exchange was still illegal back then, and we were doing needle exchange on the street to keep people alive. So the concept of harm reduction is something we've carried over into the idea of s- providing services, and the way we do that is. We allow people to be who they are. We let people come for walk-in services. It's very difficult to make appointments if you're on the street. And if you have no, you might not have a phone. Your phone might get stolen or you might not have a way of knowing even what day it is. So we just allow young people and young adults to walk in and receive their services when they're ready. And that's a very different approach than a lot of agencies this has been a really interesting year for us you know i'd say it was maybe about august when i started noticing well first i was like wow one client from turkey that's unusual but you know we had always gotten the occasional young person fleeing from another country where they couldn't be themselves and you know i've testified in immigration hearings and we've advocated for these young people but it was never a large number but then then there was another young person from turkey and i was like something's going on and you know within a week it became clear that we were starting what became the migrant surge and mixed in with all those thousands and thousands of migrants arriving are a certain number of lgbt young adults who have managed to escape from countries where they could not be themselves and in many cases where their lives were at risk And so that has, you know, it's a different type of work. And it's, we've definitely had to learn and to be creative um, and to learn to work in translation. Uh, We use a telephonic uh, translation service. So I'll tell you one story just from one of the, I think we've done, we've seen 52 of these clients now. um, This one young person came from Georgia where they were being persecuted, the country Georgia, not the state. And he said to us, you know, he had come over, gotten stuck in immigration detention, been detained with the very homophobic people he had been trying to escape from, other people arriving from various countries. And so then at some point they decided to do a mental health evaluation on him They asked him if he'd ever felt suicidal and he thought he should be honest so he told them about something that had happened like 10 years before and they threw him in isolation and they took away his clothes and put him all, you know, kept him as though he was an immediate risk. And so then he was, you know, unable to communicate with anyone. He could hear someone who was really mentally ill in the next room screaming and he had no idea if he was ever going to get out of there. And so by the time he got to us, he was very, very shaken, as you can imagine. And honestly, you know, it was me and another staff in the room then, and I've heard all kinds of stories, and some of them have been really horrible. But that one, both I and the other staff member had tears in our eyes because the idea that the United States could be responsible for inflicting that much pain on these young people and all of the immigrants arriving, is really, really hard to think about. And I think it's also something that as a Jew, many of us are feeling right now too. So I appreciate all of your support. Over the years, we have served 2,864 young people. And we plan to keep on going.
2: I want to thank Brooklyn Comedy Collective, Philip, Julian, Tim, Cassidy, Sebastian, Maya, folks at the bar, thank you so much. Gay City News, especially Bobby, who goes above and beyond always to make this thing run. I want to thank Kate and Grant and all the folks at New Alternatives, our raffle sponsors, Shake Shack, SiriusXM, BCC, Tani, and Miles, and Homage. Our guests tonight, Jason and Boo and Eva and Lauren and Andre. Boo and Eva, if you want to come join us back on stage. Of course, I want to thank you, the Tifco community. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out.